Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and life coach David Bartke here. It is Thursday, June 22nd, 2017, and we are uh, on to episode three of our exploration of The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. We're going to be looking at chapter three in the book, which is also the third section in the movie. Um, that section is called How to Use the Secret. So this is a pretty key portion, David. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like... Uh, it, it's, you know, this is like where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. <laughs> So are you looking, looking forward to it? I've been looking forward to this myself. I'm looking forward, yeah. All right. Yeah, it sounds like a, a good, meaty section. Um, in fact, you, you had something you wanted to, to share about what's been happening over the last uh, episode or two. Well, yeah, no, I just wanted to, to tell you that I had a really interesting um, manifestation win happen this past week where um, I'm always very aware of, like, setting intentions, you know, like I set an intention for my day. Or if I have a certain experience coming up, I'll set an intention for how I want it to go. So I had to go into the city this past week, and I take uh, a train to get from my town into the city. And when the train came, it was already so crowded, there were people standing. (laughs) Typical New York City, right? (laughs) Yeah, going to New York City. So I get on the train, I'm like, oh, my God. And I really wanted to sit down. So I thought... I thought, okay, my intention is I really want a seat. I really want a seat. <laughs> I really want a seat. So I'm walking through, and there's no seats, and, and people were standing. And I get into the vestibule of the train, and there's like, in the vestibule, there's about five seats on each side, kind of facing each other. Mm-hmm. And there was only one place for me to stand, so I stood in front of this guy who was sitting. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. And then literally within 10 seconds, he goes, Oh, I need to be in a different car. And he got up. <laughs> he got up and left, and there was my seat. Wow. I mean, come on. Very come nice. On <laughs> very, very nice. I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, of all the places I could have stood, I just happened, coincidentally, quote, love attractionly, to <laughs> mm. stand in front of this guy who then had to get up for some unknown reason to go to a different car. <laughs> That, that's one of the most seat. that's one of the most difficult concepts, but one of the most fascinating ones about the law of attraction, which is synchronicities. Yeah, synchronicities yes. happening out of nowhere, and your your first reaction when you're first exploring all this stuff is, "Oh, it's just a coincidence," right? <laughs> there I mean, aren't any of them, right? Well, but isn't that what you originally thought way yeah. way back yeah. when? It's just a coincidence, yeah. right? Yeah, and and it takes a little while to get past that. It, the, the thing that I think made a difference for me was realizing that a lot more coincidences happen than I would normally have expected that, you know, the law of large numbers would have told me what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and <laughs> as they started to happen in really weird ways that I could never expect, I said, wow, either I'm really lucky <laughs> or, or there's something going on here. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I've had that happen a few times. There was another time where we had a big snowstorm. And at the bottom of my driveway, the plows from the street, like everybody has this who lives where there's snow, the plows come along and they put this big wall of snow, you know, along the whole <laughs> the whole sides of the streets. So the end of your driveway has this big wall of snow. So I was shoveling my driveway and I thought, oh my God, look how deep this is. And I just proclaimed, like with my intention, I thought, I got to have someone come and just plow this piece here. Because it was just too deep, and I was tired, and I just stood there, and I was like, someone has to come do this for me. Someone (laughs) has to come do this for me. And I'm telling you, similar with the seat story, you know, maybe like a minute later, this uh, truck came from around the corner, and he had one of those plows on the front, and he, I didn't know him, he stopped, he rolled down the passenger window and said, oh... Do you want me to plow the bib of your driveway for you? The bib is the part at the bottom. Right. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, I'll even pay. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. Just stand back. And, like, he did it, and he even ended up doing, like, half the driveway, and then he left, and he waved, and, and off he went. And That's I was very like, cool. Yeah, I was like, thank you, Love Attraction. <laughs> I mean, for again, for me to be out there just at that time, thinking that and then this guy comes around the corner with his plow thing in the front and actually stops 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on now. I mean, <laughs> I had a similar experience when we were living in Virginia. Um, and of course, Virginia doesn't have quite the snow removal that, you know, the Northeast has. <laughs> so, right. you know, when you get a, a foot of snow down there, it's a pretty serious deal. Yeah. Uh, in the Northeast, it's not that big of a deal. But in Virginia, that that's like, you know, stop the whole town. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we had a day where we had about 12 to 15 inches hit, and we were living uh, in a semi-suburban rural area. So it was like right on the edge of a rural area. We put it this way. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had farms around us, but we were near a town. Right, right. And I got out the, outside, and I look outside, first of all, and I said to myself, there's no way I can shovel that driveway, because that was a long <laughs> driveway. It, it was, yeah. I mean, it's probably, it's it's not you know like a mile long or something like that. But it's probably a good quarter mile. It was a it was a good mm-hmm. sized driveway, and I, I'm not as young as I was, <laughs> so there was just no way that was happening. And I thought about it, and I said, "Well, you know, the the family behind us, they've got some some kids there. I bet you I could get those kids. You know, maybe pay the kids to just shovel a couple of ruts, and I don't even need them to clear the right. driveway. Just you know, enough I can get the car into the driveway, and I, I can kind of semi plow it down there if I've got pavement under the tires. Yeah. You know, that's all I really need." Yeah. So I, I called over there and said, you know, I wonder if your kids would be willing to uh, make a little extra money. And the father says, oh, what do you have in mind? He says, well, I I need to have somebody just shovel me, shovel me a couple of uh, tracks in my driveway so I can get the car out. And you know, and uh, you know, what 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 would they uh, what would they be willing to take to do that? And he says, oh, no problem. We'll be right over. And he hung up. Mm-hmm. And about five minutes later, his entire family. Is wow. over there with shovels, and he's driving one of these garden tractors around the block so it can come <laughs> into the driveway. They plowed the entire driveway out, shoveled our sidewalks, and didn't charge us a thing for it. Oh my God! Amazing! <laughs> wow! And if they didn't <laughs> that do was that, we for the day. <laughs> we were stuck. If they didn't do that, there was no going anywhere. <laughs> wow! Amazing! Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> th- there's an example of synchronicity tied to I took a baby step. Mm-hmm. Baby steps mm-hmm. are important. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of wish The Secret talked a little bit more about baby steps. Mike Dooley talks about baby steps, but The Secret doesn't mm-hmm. really talk about it too much. But they're important because mm-hmm. those, those baby steps are part of the way that we put our desires out to the universe and how the universe picks up on that vibration, as it's called. Yes, and, it, and what I think it's important to say, too, is that with all the examples we just gave, we went to what we wanted. Yes. With our thoughts. In other words, I didn't get on the train and think, ugh, I'm going to have to stand. Oh, my God, I have to stand. I have to stand. I, I went to, I really want to see. Yes. I really want to see. You, I've got to have You moved seat. away from the lack end and put yourself into the positive end. Yes. And when I was in my driveway, I was like, I really want someone to come along and help me get rid of this snow because it's so deep. I really want that kind <laughs> of help. Instead of, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's important to point out is that, and you with your driver, like we went to what we wanted, even when what we wanted didn't seem like it, it could be. <laughs> I didn't, I like, didn't even have a clear idea what I wanted. I mean, all I wanted was to have two paths in the drive. I didn't even ask for the whole thing to be plowed out. That's the really right, wild but part. You wanted, right, but you just wanted. I just wanted one little help. thing fixed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got quite a bit more than I asked for. It was really cool. Yeah, so I think that's important. Is Once again, it's like just having your intention on what you want on what you want instead of giving in to the current reality even with something simple as getting a seat we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because there's something i want to talk about there so let's go to the book because okay. the book is at this is like at ground zero about how you attract stuff so this is the third chapter it's entitled how to use the secret and it starts off with a very generic description you are a creator it says and there is an easy process to create using the law of attraction the greatest Mm -hmm. teachers and avatars have shared the creative process through their wondrous work in a myriad of forms some great teachers created stories to demonstrate how the universe works i guess we're becoming great teachers we just showed some really good stories or told some better stories (laughs) anyway um the first um presenter uh in this particular section is james ray and he says If you think about Aladdin and his lamp, Aladdin picks up the lamp, dusts it off, and out pops the genie. Now, I have to admit, when I first heard this, I said, oh, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
Okay. And then he says, and the genie always says one thing, your wish is my command. Now, the, the story now goes that there are three wishes, but if you trace the story back to its origins, he says, there's absolutely no limit whatsoever to the wishes. Think about that one. And and I have thought about that. I've never actually done the research. Have you? To find no. out if that's true? No. I, I, I should do that sometime just to find out if, if yeah, what he says is true. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he goes on. Now, let's take this metaphor and apply it to your life. Remember, Aladdin is the one who always asks for what he wants. Then you've got the universe at large, which is the genie. Traditions have called it so many things, your holy guardian angel, your higher self. We can put any label on it, and you choose the one that works best for you. But every tradition has told us there's something bigger than us, and the genie always says one thing, your wish is my command. Now, I I have to say, he took a little bit of a liberty here. Because <laughs> he's basically saying that all the religious traditions say your wish is my command, and I'm sorry they don't actually don't say that. that. Yeah. yeah. So let, let let's take that part with a grain of salt. Yeah. Nevertheless, yeah. It, it at least provides a useful metaphor. And yeah. and the first use that I had for the metaphor when I first heard it was, well, let's throw that out because that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to kind of stick with it for a little bit because the next part is brought by Lisa Nichols who says, okay, here's what you do. The first step is to ask. Make a command of the universe. Let the universe know what you want. The universe responds to your thoughts. So that's what you and I did. We we, we didn't mm-hmm. even think of it as a command. Well, you thought of it as a, as a command. I thought of it as a wish. Well, more uh, of it. Mine was more of an intention, not really a command. Yeah, so. an intention is probably yeah. a better term, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not like we're giving orders to the universe. <laughs> no. Although later on, Joe Vital says this is really fun. It's like having the universe as your catalog. You flip through it and say, I'd like to have this experience, and I'd yeah. like to have that yeah. product, and I'd like to have a person like that. Is yeah. You're placing your order with the universe. So he sees it as, as placing an order. I, I'm not so sure that's a perfect metaphor. but <laughs> Yeah, I've heard things like that. Or like there's, or like there's the, the buffet of life, and you get to pick what you want kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I found that to be very confusing early on. So I would say that's probably not the best way to think about it. Because if you think about it that way, you're going to be disappointed really quickly. Mm-hmm. And you're going mm-hmm. to be disappointed primarily because of – things going on inside you aren't you aren't even aware of that's going to prevent stuff from happening but because the stuff doesn't happen you're going to say well this stuff doesn't work right you know, right so right. i'd say let's let's stay away from the, the genie for a bit i think that's probably a little bit too much <laughs> <laughs> i guess he was trying maybe just to find some simple examples well, well it, it was a good metaphor yeah. i mean it, it was a way of of explaining what happens i just think they made it sound a little bit too magical but you know, mm-hmm. that, that's just my take on. It. So anyway, yeah. first step is to ask, and, and we both asked, and and we asked well. Um, and this is actually where I wanted to uh, insert a comment. Abraham Hicks, who you and I both uh, are, are pretty well aware of, um, some of our yeah. listeners are too. Abraham Hicks teaches a really, really good metaphor on how to understand how to ask. And the metaphor is of a two-ended stick. I'm sure you've heard this one. Um, where one end of the stick is the thing or the experience or whatever it is that you're asking for. The other end of the stick is the true opposite. Now, we often think of an opposite as being, okay, so if I want to fall in love, then I don't want to feel angry. But that's not what a true opposite is. No. Their point is the opposite of a true love is a lack of a true love. The opposite mm-hmm. of a thing is the lack of the thing. The opposite mm-hmm. of an experience is the lack of the experience. So this two-ended stick that they use in their metaphor, one end is the thing, the other end is the lack of the thing. And this is what you were getting at indirectly when you talked about how you were focusing on what you wanted rather than what yeah. you were afraid was going to happen. Yeah, That's one of the, the, the key ways we trip, we trip each other up, trip ourselves up rather, when we ask incorrectly when we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. We, we, mm-hmm. it's very easy for us to say, I don't want to have any more of this debt. I don't want to have any <laughs> right. more of this illness. I don't want to have any more of these re- frustrating relationships. And Which is the same way as saying, I do want it. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, that's the confusing part at first. The thing to understand is the reason those don't work is they are all expressions of lack. Yeah. And if you express yeah. lack, you are basically saying, I want more lack. Mm-hmm. Now, the way the, the people in The Secret explained it that that confused me because what they said was, there, in essence, they said there's really no such thing as no. If, if you boil it down, that's what their answers came down to. Right. And right. and that's sort of an accurate way of saying it. 
But it, it also turns into some really weird logical conundrums because you could say, all right, well, I didn't say no. I said, I really would like to have that good thing happen, but I didn't really believe it inside because that real good thing could never happen. But I believed it by saying it. I said it. I said it. I said it. So I was, yeah, I was kind of saying no inside, but I really meant yes. You know, and, and it all gets so confused, you know? Yeah. But when you yeah. look at it in terms of lack versus thing, now it starts to make a lot more sense to me. I think it probably yeah. makes more sense to everybody because we can always yeah. tell the difference between thing and lack of thing. Yeah. And, and it, it isn't so much what our words are. It's what we're thinking about. Are we thinking mm -hmm. about the lack of thing or are we thinking about thing? You know, if, if I'm thinking about the lack of thing and I'm saying, well, I really am, I'm saying thing, but deep inside I'm just thinking about lack of thing, it doesn't matter what I said. What matters is what I was thinking, what I was feeling, what I was experiencing <laughs> inside. Yes. That's yes. the key thing. So when you're asking what, you're, what, what you really want to be doing is aligning your, your ask with the feeling and the thought of thing totally. You want to be completely in that space of having it and believing it and trusting it and it's there and you know it's coming and so forth and not at all be even touching on the concept of lack of thing. Yes, and especially in the very beginning when you're when someone's first finding out about this, it can be very like tricky because they're like, "What do you mean I have to not think about reality? Yeah. I have to just think <laughs> about what I want." But no, I'm so because we're you know our whole lives until you find out about this, we're so used to thinking about what is, what is, what is. Well, that's what we've been taught. We've exactly. been, we, we've been taught what the quote real world unquote is. <laughs> Right, so when you start learning about this, and, and you start hearing like, no, you got to focus on what you want, not a, not on what is, and then so it could take you know it could take a minute to start to get that. A minute? It took me a lot longer than a minute. I can tell you that. It <laughs> well, took a minute, me yeah. it took me years to learn how to do that because yeah. I, I didn't believe at first that I could actually imagine something into existence that didn't mm -hmm. already exist. I didn't really believe right. that, and yes. that that can take a while to overcome that. Oh yeah, you yes know? for sure. But, but yeah. once you get it, it's like whoa, this is this is cool stuff. And then the, yeah. after that, I don't know about you. For me, after that, the real challenge is: can I dare myself to believe it again and again? Yeah, and again. Yeah, and then then it could be like some some of my clients are so caught up in the what is that just to even go to what they want about a particular situation can be tricky because like but what about what is but this is what's going yeah. on i have to handle i have to handle this and i'm like yeah but you gotta handle you gotta focus on what you want so that your what is can be handled it's like so it can be a little tricky for it, sure but let me ask you a question then because you're touching on something that i have wrestled with a lot and I, i've kind of come up with an answer but i'd like to hear what your answer is much of our day when we when we're doing our day you know mm -hmm. those of us who are working a job we're working a job, you know, it, mm -hmm. and, and we're expected to work that job in the real world. You know, it's not enough from most employers perspective for us to be sitting in the chair and just focusing on what we want it to be. <laughs> they want to actually <laughs> see activity going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so that means a good portion of your day, you're focusing mm -hmm. on what is you're focusing on the real world. Yeah. So how do you balance? This is the question. How do you balance the focusing on the real world with the need to focus on what you want the world to be? Because if you are someone who's going, like some of the people I work with, like maybe their business isn't growing great and they're like so caught up in it not going great. But they're like, what do you mean I have to focus on it going well? But it's not going great. So the point is, it's not that you ignore your thoughts can be in a different place. I mean, you could still get your business done and your work done and try to do the best you can with, you know, your accounting or whatever else is going on but that doesn't mean within your thoughts that you can't be focusing on what you want well actually it does and this this is where i guess to, to the the rub of it because when i'm if i you mentioned accounting okay i actually do accounting for my wife's um oh, okay. uh, gardening business so it's a, mm -hmm. this is a good example when i'm doing mm -hmm. accounting i really can't focus on anything else about what it is i want out of life because i mm -hmm. need to focus on the accounting I need to focus on you know all the logical steps of doing the accounting. Yeah. I can't be spending time while I'm doing that on the broader picture. 
So, right, so, so during, so, the, but you're not doing the accounting 24 hours a day. No, I'm not, and that that's part of how I justify to myself how this whole thing works. Yeah. What, what we have yeah. to, I think, what we have to do is we have to come to the realization that sometimes we have to focus on what is. What we want to avoid is always focusing on what is. What we yeah. want to do is try to find as many opportunities as we can throughout the day to distract ourselves from what is appropriate times, times when it makes sense to do it within the context of our lives, but to take those times and dream bigger, to dream something that, right. that is bigger than, right. and, and doesn't really yet exist. And That's and, what I mean. Like, by, like we don't ignore what we, our responsibilities, right. but it, like you're saying, it doesn't mean, though, that on your break or after work, then you can do your law of attraction work so you can still work on manifesting what you really want. And you can even take breaks during the day. I mean, most yeah. most employers actually do approve of you taking a break, you know, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. I hope so. You know, it, it's, it, <laughs> I, it, I believe so. it's actually required by law, but that's another thing. But the point is you want to take those breaks because it's good for you. you, you nobody can focus on any piece of work and do the work well for hours and hours and hours at a time. Eventually, <laughs> there is a fall off in your productivity. So it's important to take yeah. those breaks, first of all. Yeah. And when you're taking the breaks, like you say, that's the perfect time to do some manifesting. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of people in the world who have their, quote, day job, but then they really want to be something else. So it doesn't mean that you don't go to your day job. It means you do and you still be responsible, but you can still do the law of attraction work so that you can still attract what you really want to be. Right. Absolutely. So, okay. Yeah. So, so the first step was ask. Let's go on to the second step. Second step okay. is believe. And I have to admit the first time I heard this when I said, wait a minute, they went right from ask to believe. Where's the <laughs> steps where you actually make it happen? <laughs> it took me a while to realize that what they were really saying was believing is where you make it happen. And I said, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> but that's what they mean. And here's a, a, a quote from Lisa Nichols that kind of explains it. She says, step two is believe. Believe that it's already yours. Have what I love to call unwavering faith, believing in the unseen. That that was a big challenge for me, believing in the unseen. Yeah. But I think I mentioned yeah. that already. Yeah. yeah. And then moving on, um, we have... Joe, Dr. Joe Vitale jumping in with the universe will start to rearrange itself to make it happen for you. And when I heard that one, I said, yeah, okay, how does that happen? And then Jack Canfield says, most of us have never allowed ourselves to want what we truly want because we can't see how it's going to manifest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I was able to ratchet right onto that one, to latch onto that one, rather. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah, I, if I don't see it happening, how do I believe in it? Right? Right. Right, yeah. And, and the batting average seemed really poor. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I could, I was able to, to latch on to that pretty well. Then Bob Proctor says, if you do just a little research, it is going to become evident to you that anyone that ever accomplished anything did not know how they were going to do it. That was news to right. me. I, I had not right. really ever heard that before. Mm-hmm. He says they only knew they were going to do it. In other words, yeah. their determination was greater than their knowledge. Yes. And and when I heard that, I felt really stupid. <laughs> well. <laughs> I did because yeah, I, I thought all these people who were creating all these wonderful things had a whole plan in place. <laughs> I thought they had the whole thing mapped out. And to find out they were just seat of the pantsing it, like, oh, well, yeah. shoot, what am I waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much of this is like, unseen quote unseen it's just yeah yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's realizing that great things that happen th- th- this is where the whole universe thing really becomes important because it's not like most people who create great things are actually doing all the creating by themselves right they're using this right. greater power this universal power this law of attraction to do most of the work for them because the fact mm-hmm. is none of us can really do it all ourselves we just don't have it all by ourselves we don't have enough power <laughs> in our in just in our own self separate from the universe like, not like you can ever actually be separate from the universe but you know what i mean it's, it's, it's not like us isolated all by ourselves could do it by ourselves it can't be done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and once we recognize that then i find it easier once i know that I find it easier to let go and say, okay, well, I can't do it myself. Hey, universe, you better do it. <laughs> yes, and I like that word you use, like let go. Like you have to just let go and yeah. trust. Yeah. Let go and just trust and allow. And that took me a while. Trust wasn't easy for me. 
Trust, yeah. Trusting in yeah. this unseen thing that I didn't know anything about up until the time I saw this movie. Like, <laughs> but yeah, but what's interesting, but yeah, you and all of us still felt a truth about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, That's it, on interesting. The, yeah. On one level, it, it, it kind of violated everything we've been taught by our culture. <laughs> on another level, yeah. you could just feel like, yeah, that just intuitively makes sense. Why That's does, why, why does that intuitively make sense? I mean, where does that come from? But it's there. I can feel it. Yep, yep. It's just that thing, like, sometimes you can just feel within yourself that something is is true or yeah. something is like, yes, but you know what, that's right. I can just feel it within myself. That's kind of how a law of attraction for me, and it sounds like for you, like, even though there were all these questions we had, and like, what do you mean, what do you mean, what do you mean, we still felt there was some, like, truth to it all. I, I, I wasn't sure at first if it was just me really wishing it could be true or if right. it was truly me tapping into what was going on inside me until I finally realized whenever I have that feeling of, yeah, that sounds true, I actually feel it in a particular place. I feel it in my gut. I feel it yeah. like in a direct yeah. line from my belly button up to, up to my sternum. There, there's like mm -hmm. a direct line there where I feel it. I don't know where you feel yeah. it, but that for me is where yeah, I feel similar, it. Yeah, similar spot. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. So, so that's good to know. Other people feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's... But the, I think that's very interesting that even though there's all this mystery in the unseen, that we still feel that pull towards it, like towards it being true. And we feel it in, the, in a similar way, which is really interesting. Yeah. 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 So, so, okay. Well, believe, I, and I think believe is where we, we trip up most of the time. Um, but the third step, when I heard that one, I said, okay, this is really off the rails. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Because the third step is to receive. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> How did we get to receive all of a sudden? <laughs> it's like, didn't we just skip a whole bunch of stuff? <laughs> That's and what, what they like. say. What are they, does it say, like, the explanation of what yeah. that is? Yeah, well, Lisa Nichols starts it off. She says, uh, step three and the final step in the process is to receive. Begin to feel wonderful about it. Feel mm, the way yeah. you will feel once it arrives. Feel it now. Marcy Shimoff says, and in this process, it's important to feel good, to be happy, because when you're feeling good, you're putting yourself in the frequency of what you want. There is that word. Yeah. Frequency was starting to come out yeah. as a word at that point. And yeah. I didn't quite get that part, but I kind of skipped it because I said, I don't get that part now. I'm going to come back to that later. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. at least understand feeling good, feeling good, feeling happy. I don't feel mm -hmm. happy most of the time. I don't feel good most of the time, but at least I can understand what they're saying. So mm -hmm. that gave me a, mm -hmm. that gave me a way in, so to speak, you know. Yeah. Um, and then Michael Bernard back with your favorite guy, he yeah. says, <laughs> "This is a feeling universe. If you just intellectually believe something, but you have no corresponding feeling underneath that, you don't necessarily have enough power to manifest what you want in your life. You have to feel it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting because. At the time when I first heard about the secret, I can't really say I had any any good handle on my own feelings. I mean, I think probably like most people, I was in a place that said, "Well, feelings happen to me. I don't control feelings." Right. You know, so yeah. Yeah. it was a little bit disconcerting to hear him say and to hear these others say all this stuff about feeling it and and anticipating how it's going to feel. Feel it now. Uh, begin to feel wonderful about it and so forth because I wasn't quite sure how to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that but, uh, impacted you, but that's the way it felt to me. Well, yeah, because you're like, what do you mean? Like, it's kind of like, what do you mean? I can deliberately feel a certain way. Yeah, like, you know, at that part, you're if you're not used to that, you you do think you are just kind of a a victim to circumstance and it did took me a while it, 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 it took me probably three or four years before I, I moved the needle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and only then I think we talked about this before it, it for me it happened when I would get out and do my walks and, and and find myself getting myself feeling better just by enjoying the weather or flowers or yeah. whatever else yeah yeah but you're saying three years like I don't think the universe has a time frame so no no I like, had the time frame Right, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. universe terms three years might might be like nothing. Well, that's <laughs> of course, true. For, of course, for us, for like three years, oh my god. Well, also, it's individual to individual. Just because it took me three years doesn't mean it takes the listener three years or it took you three years. It just took me three years. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. I was a slow learner. What do you want? 
<laughs> but I'm saying maybe that's not a slow learn. <laughs> oh, maybe that's quick? Oh, well, I guess it depends Could on be. your perspective. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> One thing that I do know is that this whole concept of ask, believe, receive was challenging. And mm-hmm. because it was challenging, it, it I think it challenges all of us. It, it challenges me to this day. But it at least gave me the framework to start thinking about it and to start asking questions. And yeah. I think that's probably the most important thing. You have to learn to ask the questions that are appropriate for you. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's questions are going to be different. Everybody's approach to this is going to be different. Now, some people are just going to throw the book away. But if you're willing to stick with it and, and study it and keep reading and keep learning, keep listening to podcasts like LOA Today, um, yes. there's lots of literature out there, websites galore, all this kind of stuff. In fact, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I just saw this the other day. There's a new app called Happify. Oh. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't heard of that one. Happify is an interesting app. Um it's based on the principles of positive psychology, which is a relatively new branch of psychology, of course. We've mm-hmm. talked about it before. started in the mid-1990s. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, it's an app that you can download to your iPhone or your Android or whatever. And right. it will basically it, – it basically gives you a series of games to play. But the games are all of an extremely positive nature. So, so I downloaded it today, actually, for the first time and – Got through the initial setup, which is your usual annoying setup, but I got through it. <laughs> so did you actually like do it yet? Like, I did, yeah. I, I got to play my first game. The first um, game, it, it was a really dumb game, but it was it was okay. <laughs> it, it was a game where you saw a bunch of hot air balloons rising. Right. And each hot air balloon had a word on it. Yeah. And the word was either a, a positive word or a negative word. So your goal was basically to tap the, the balloons with the positive words and not tap the ones with the negative words. And they would keep you score. Okay. They'd give you scores for you know whichever ones they were. So if it was a really positive word, you get like 100 points. If it was a semi-positive word, you get 10 points, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, right. and so you're just going through doing this. And a really interesting thing happened while I'm doing it. I, I tried it this morning after I woke up. And I, I, I'd heard about this app, so I downloaded it, plugged it in, did all the stuff, and started playing this thing. And as I'm playing it, I'm feeling better. Interesting. So I did. Do I'm, it, it was really a quick response. I was surprised how quick it was. Now I don't know <laughs> how much of that is due to the fact that I've been working on myself for so long and learning right. that I really can move the needle, so to speak. But right. I mean, I, I like to think of it in terms of a, a, a scale different from yours. You use the scale of like a zero to ten, like most people do. For me, it's minus yeah. ten to plus ten, with zero being neutral. <laughs> and I I started the day probably like a plus one, something like that. Within uh-huh. I don't know, 20 minutes of playing that, I was like plus four, plus five. I moved like four nice. or five pla- places up the scale, which is almost unheard of. You don't normally, you don't normally move that fast, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I was kind of surprised. Who, uh, I wonder who does, like how they know what things to put on the app. Like I wonder who's behind what, you know, what. I, I don't remember her name. It, it was created by um, a woman who has a PhD in positive psychology. So she is right. well-versed in all of the uh, research of, you know, Martin Seligman and, uh, ben Tal uh, Shahar and uh, you know um, Sean Aker and uh-huh. uh, Ellen Langer and you know all the the major players in the positive psychology movement. Th- this person is totally well versed in it. She's got a PhD, you know, so she right. knows the right. stuff. And she yeah. basically just took what she learned in all of her studies and distilled it down to a series of games that would match what the research has told her. Oh, good and, for her. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it it does have one small downside, which is if you want to do more than just a, a few minutes of it in a day, you have to pay a subscription price. But it's like, of you know, course, of course, yeah, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like five dollars a month or something like that, five or ten dollars a month. I think I, I think it's eleven dollars a month if you pay monthly, and five dollars a month if you pay annually, or some some gimmick. So like she's that. so she's making people happy and becoming rich at the same time. Yeah, that's what she's essentially doing. And, and that's of, a good of course, combination. my first thought is I want to create an app and give it away for free and let people make donations. <laughs> but, you know. That's good, too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's just me. But I was amazed how quickly it worked. So mm-hmm. if if you're like where I was at a number of years ago and thinking, well, I, I can't control my, my, my emotion. I can't control how I'm feeling at any given moment. I, my feelings are dependent on what is, what's happening in the real world. Well, mm-hmm. okay, use the real world. Use the Happify app. 
and it'll guide you to a happier place really quickly. You'll be amazed how fast it happens. Yes, well, that reminds me of um, one of the processes I teach my clients, and then, of course I use it myself as well, is from um, Esther Hicks Abraham, and it's the 68-second process. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. And right. that's similar where whatever it is that you want to manifest, you talk about it or think about it for these 68 seconds as if it's already happened. Like, you know, like a year has gone by, and you've, you've already manifest whatever it is, and you're talking about how wonderful it's been since you've had the whatever, and you just feel so amazing. And, and if you just do it for, you know, a few minutes, you definitely feel um, a raise in vibration for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those exercises where you have to overcome your own initial resistance. That's what all this stuff is. It's about overcoming our own initial resistance. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you allow yourself to try it for that full a minute and eight seconds... You'll feel it. You, you yeah. start to feel it. And, and and here's the amazing thing about that minute and eight seconds. The first time you do it, it's an eternity. <laughs> it lasts for I mean, the first time that I tried to focus on even just doing like a little meditation or whatever, you know how long right. my focus lasted? <laughs> yeah. It was about three seconds. <laughs> Yeah. And then all of a sudden, my mind got diverted to something else. And I realized it got diverted, so I brought it back, and it lasted another two seconds before it was diverted to something else. It does take a little time <laughs> and practice, but eventually you actually can get to the point where you can spread it out to 5, 10, 20 seconds, or even a minute That's and eight right. seconds, you know? That's right. It, it's, That's right. It's training. It's basically training our subconscious mind and, and taking control of the subconscious mind. Yes. And again... Which we talked about last time, practicing. Yes. Practicing doing all these things is what really solidifies it within yourself. Because the more you practice it, the more you kind of get it. And then you're like, oh, okay, now I get it more. And then, then yeah, you start I, feeling I think the rule is that, what, it that, that it isn't just practice makes perfect. It's that practice makes you stronger. Yes. It makes, yes. You, it makes you stronger at being able to keep your thoughts under control. Mm -hmm. the, the, the literal mm -hmm. practice of it strengthens your ability to do that. For sure, and you know, because we're not robots, no matter who you are, you're going to need, the more practice you are at thinking this way and doing whatever processes you're doing, then when something does happen where you can feel that your vibration has lowered, you can take action and jump into one of the processes, and then you'll feel, bring yourself back to a better vibration. And for those who need a little extra motivation to even try all this stuff, if you don't try it, if you live in default, guess what? You're a robot. <laughs> That's that's behaving robotically. That's saying, yeah. I will do whatever I am programmed to do, and that's all I will do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so good, good thing to avoid. <laughs> so the, the third one was receive. The third one is receive, and they go into quite a bit of description about receive. Um, yeah. Let's see if I can pick out a particularly good quote. Oh, well, we talked about how long it takes. Dr. Joe Vitale comes in. He, he seems to like to hit the, the, these sore points, but his, his way of hitting it is interesting. He says, the universe likes speed. Don't delay. Don't second guess. Don't doubt. When the opportunity is there, when the impulse is there, when the intuitive nudge from within is there, yeah. act. That's yeah. your job, and yeah. that's all you have to do. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. Mm -hmm. That's really good mm -hmm. advice. It's basically saying... Yesterday, you have no control over it. It's gone. Tomorrow, it's not even promised. All you have is yeah. today. So focus on staying with what you are feeling now and, yes. and push yourself to a better feeling place now. And do, you, do you think this is harder to get, like, for someone who's in more of a crisis situation? Like, you know, when everything's oh, yeah. going along fine... You can read this and take your time. Oh yeah, practice. Th this is much easier. In a crisis situation, I'd <laughs> be like, "What are they talking about?" <laughs> yeah, when you're in a crisis I, situation, I need help now. The, the, I need help right now. That's the last thing you want to think about is controlling your mind and controlling what you're focusing on. Because <laughs> hey, I got crisis going on. Yeah. Oh, of course, but it's much oddly, harder. But oddly enough, that's almost kind of when you need it the most. Well, it is definitely. Yeah. In fact, it's. When you are in the crisis mode and when you learn, when you train yourself to stop and refocus onto yeah. the good feeling stuff, that's how you get crises to end faster. Yes, and I like the use of the baby steps earlier because even if you're in a crisis, 
Even if you take a few baby steps in that crisis, you're going to feel the difference. Yeah. The improved difference. Yeah. The improved difference. The important yeah. thing is to remember the, the thing that they pointed out early on in this thing, which is reality isn't really real. <laughs> it seems yeah. like it should be, yeah. but it really isn't. <laughs> and, and I mean, that that's in itself a, a very difficult concept. But the fact is, this so-called reality is completely governed by our thought process and our emotional process. Mm-hmm. And everything that happens is a manifestation out of what some pe- person or group of people were thinking and feeling about at some point. Yeah. And if it's in your mm-hmm. life, then you very likely were focusing on, in some way, something similar yeah. to the thing that's coming along. And, yeah. it, and if the thing was negative, it's it's guaranteed prior to that at some point you were giving some pretty darn good focus on something negative that was very similar to it, or at least a similar vibration level, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. And when we realize that that's what happened, that, you know, that's what convinced me about the secret more than anything else. It wasn't so much uh, successfully attracting what I wanted into life. It was the recognition of all the different ways I was attracting the wrong things into my life. It was yeah. realizing that all this stuff that was happening to me, I, I used to think, I was one of those people who used to think, all this bad stuff happens because I'm jinxed, because there's somebody on the other side who's, you know, some devil who, who's, you know, deviling me. You know, there, there's some evil spirit who's working yeah. against me, you know, something like that. You know, I, I really had this feeling there must be something like that because I had this long, long, long run of really <laughs> bad things happening. And I'm thinking, no, this is crazy. That's interesting you say that because I used to have this thing of like, Oh, only a certain amount of good could happen for me. Like, you know, say like five good things in a row happen, and I'd be like, uh-oh, okay, now I have to get ready for the bad Knock on wood. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, stop that. That's not true. Like, yeah. I can have an endless amount of good things happen. The bad thing doesn't have to happen. And then <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of funny how we kind of, Oh, yeah. How, how about the people who say bad things happen in threes? So when two things happen, it's got to be the third one. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't go for that. <laughs> but that's what happens to them, isn't it? I mean, when, when they have that that mindset, yeah. guess what happens? They get the third one. That's right. They're like, see, I told you. <laughs> and that's yeah. how that to me, that's how you know that the law of attraction really works. Yeah. Because yeah. once I recognized that I was attracting that stuff, I realized, wow, what a track record. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't one that I liked. I, I really right. disliked it intensely. But how consistent it was. Yeah. It was amazingly consistent. I mean, <laughs> I would have thought if if life was just based on the law of averages, somewhere along the line, something good should have happened. And during this long stretch, nothing good was happening. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. whoa, that's one hell of a record. <laughs> that ain't easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's interesting what, what limits... We can put on ourselves. Oh. We don't have to put those. We don't have to put those limits on ourselves, but somehow a lot of us do. Well, we're trained to, aren't we? I, so, right, uh, I think that also has to do with quote reality, because people yeah. like sometimes I'll ask people like you know if you had an endless amount of money, what would you buy? <laughs> and they say things, and the first you know things they say are things that you know pretty much they could afford. And I'm like, no, if there's no money limit would you get a yacht would you get your own plane and like i'd never thought about it before they're like oh oh okay well yeah yeah i think it's just so interesting like we have to it's important i think just to stretch what we think we can have have you ever played abraham hicks's checkbook game yes i love that one that that, that's a particularly interesting one have you ever played it where you compress it all into one session because the way the game, for those who don't know the game, the way it works is you create a checkbook with an imaginary bank account. And, uh-huh. and your first day, you put $100 into the bank account, and then you spend it. So you, how would you spend that $100? And then the second day, you double that, and you put in $200. Yeah. And the third day, you double it again, and it's $400. You just keep adding, you know, doubling and doubling and doubling and doubling. Well, you're supposed to do that every single day. So one day, it's $100. One day, it's $200. The next day, it's, three, it's $400. The next day, $800, and so on and so forth. Louise and I did that all in one evening. So we imagined what we would do with 100 and then with 200 right. and then 400 and 800. David, it was amazing. We only got up into the tens of thousands and we started running out of ideas. <laughs> yes. And when I've done it, 
I'm on the internet searching for things. Yes. See how much? How much is this house or that yacht or this? But it does what it does do. It really does. It does put you in that vibration of more abundance or more what you what you thought it you does. could have. Cause, yeah. Because suddenly you're like, oh, okay, well, this costs sixty thousand. So if I if I get that and the other thing that's forty thousand, okay, there's my hundred thousand for today. And that's like, like it really does. It stretches what you think you could have. It's, it's, I love it. it. It also taught me that I have a tendency to not really want things. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's what happened to me. I got into the tens of thousands of dollars, and I think I got up to like you know, <laughs> I forget what it was five hundred twelve thousand dollars, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, I, and I was having trouble spending it because the idea is you're supposed to spend it on stuff you haven't spent it on already, mm-hmm. right? Each, mm-hmm. each day you're spending it on something new. And after a while, when you start getting up into, into the large numbers, yes. it, it becomes tricky to come up with new ticket items. Yes. You know? But that's, that, to me, that's where it really gets interesting because you're like, oh, my God, I have to spend $600,000 yeah, right. today. You must <laughs> spend 600000 <laughs> that's what you end up having to do. You, you have to start saying, well, I got to spend the money anyway. And yeah. so I'll just pick, you know, sure. I'll take a jet plane. That's fine. Why not? That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. And there's, I like, um, a lot of times I, I'll have someone go to a mall purposely and within yourself, you can go into any store and do a vibration raising law of attraction thing by yourself. Say, okay. Yes. I'm going to buy that. 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 You know, even obviously you're not really buying it, but just by thinking you're going to buy the whatever super expensive piece of this or clothes or whatever it is, you're still putting yourself in that vibration of more abundance. Just like the Happify app that I was playing with where I had the little balloons and each balloon had things like happiness and joy and laughter. Now, was there actual (laughs) happiness and joy and laughter going on in the room? No, there wasn't. Right. But just by touching those, by, by, by pressing the button, so to speak, on each one of those as they were coming up, it was reprogramming my mind. Mm-hmm. It was reprogramming mm-hmm. my mind to start expecting more and more positives to happen. Even yeah. though there were no positives happening. <laughs> this was just an app. It was a piece of program hey. on a smartphone. That's all it was. <laughs> because it all stems from your thoughts. It stems from my thoughts. Yes. Yeah. In fact, if, you, <laughs> if you're somebody who has doubts about the law of attraction, maybe that's the best way to prove it to yourself. Get the Happify app and watch how quickly your mood changes. That's probably the, the quickest way that I can think of you could do it. I mean, we can do it with mm-hmm. a checkbook game. That would work really good. We can do it with mm-hmm. a 68-second method. That works really good. But that Happify mm-hmm. app was really quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was I mean, it was like seconds. <laughs> if you don't want to do the – if someone's listening and they don't know how to get the app, just spend a few minutes thinking about some activity you really enjoy and why you enjoy it. You, you, and you'll yeah. notice by the time you're done doing that – you will feel a little bit better slash higher vibration. You could actually do the app by going to thesaurus.com and asking for all the words that are like the word happy or joy yeah, or whatever. And just right. go through and read out loud every single one of those words and then click through <laughs> to other words like it and read all the – do that long enough and you're going to start feeling better <laughs> just right. because of what you're focusing on. That's right. Hey, we just true. invented the thesaurus game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't tell anybody about it. Wait, it's <laughs> I don't mind if people steal this one. I want people to use it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's a great demonstration of how we, more in control we think we are than we are. Yeah, and, and that's really, I think, the most important message of this how to use the secret. It isn't so much ask, believe, and receive, although it's important to understand that. It's really all about recognizing power that we have in ourselves that we didn't know we have and mm-hmm. then learning how to use it, how to you know, kind of gain control of it, how to put it to best effective use for ourselves. And to remember that it's always there. It's not it's always just something there. We, when we just happen to think about it. No, it's always available. And, and it, it, that's also the annoying part because it's there even when we're focusing <laughs> on bad stuff. 
You know. Yeah. But but th- once we recognize it, that's actually a good motivator because once I realized that all the times I was focusing on negative stuff, it was producing more negative stuff for me. Then mm-hmm. my my first step was, oh, I better start noticing when I'm actually doing negative stuff when I'm focusing yeah. on negative stuff, and and I started that's noticing right. that pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I wasn't quite sure yet how to turn it around, but at least I was noticing it. And then just by doing the kinds of exercises we're talking about, finding positives to look on, positives to think about, positives to focus on for even minutes yeah. at a time and nothing more, even that helps start turning the whole experience around. Yes. And do, and do you think it's important that people know why they're not feeling great vibrationally or know why they're low vibration like i personally don't think it is i think it depends on the person more time spending on that i I agree with you Uh, you are spending more time on that i think some like for me i needed to i needed to explore the whys of it because i Mm. need to understand and i still do i Mm. i mean it's it's my particular way of wanting to do all the reading of wanting to do all the research because i I needed to answer those questions for myself so on the one hand you're right by asking all those questions, wanting to know how the whole thing works, it does delay the process of actually learning how to master it. On the yeah. other hand, it kept me going. It kept mm-hmm. me on a track that otherwise I probably would have rejected. Mm-hmm. Because on the mm-hmm. on the face of it, on the surface of it, the first time that I ran into this track, I said, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> and I had to have a way to turn that around. Well, my way to turn around was to say, how does it work? Yeah. So yeah. is there a blanket answer? I don't think so. I think it's different from person to person. Do you think too, like the receive part? Like I think a lot of people think they're not worthy of receiving what they want. I've wondered about that theory. That that's been yeah. part of what I've explored. That's one of the many things I've explored in, in exploring this whole concept. Does the the worry about receive present, prevent you from receiving? I, I'm yeah. sure it does on some level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not really sure that that's where people actually get stuck. I think they get stuck on um, on resistances that are already in their subconscious programming. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that could be one of them, that they don't deserve it. True. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But but most often it, it's, it, it, well, I don't want to say but, because but kind of says, no, that's not really a valid answer. And it is a valid answer. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it's a valid answer that, that people believe in many cases that they don't deserve to receive it. I would also add to that that there are many other reasons why people feel like they can't receive it. And, and they aren't necessarily about dessert. It could be about right. allowed. Right. Uh, I mean, for me, a lot of it was allowed. I'm not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. that I don't deserve it. I certainly deserve it. But you know, that's just not the way you, the universe works. So I, there's no way that can happen for me. That that, yeah. was, that was an original yeah. mindset I had. Yeah, yeah. Another kind way, of like, oh no, I have to, I have to work hard to. Oh yeah, there's a big to, one to, to be able to have that or get that. I have to work super hard. Yeah. Although that one was easy for me to overcome, simply because of when in my life I got exposed to this. I, I think it's actually a good thing when somebody gets exposed to it very very young. But I didn't really get oh, that. Yeah. I, I got it when. Well, let's see. The secret came out in 2006. 2006, I was 49. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that was fairly late in life, you know? Yeah. And I had yeah. a lot of you know, junk build up in my subconscious mind. I had a lot of bad negative habits going on. You know, so, so I had quite really, a bit But overcome. I really applaud you, though, for at, even at that age to be open enough well, to well, well, that, realize all this. That leads me up to, to why I think it did happen for me, why I did open up to it. Because I had been working really hard up until age 49. I had worked very – I had been self-employed. I created my own businesses. Not uh, not really right. successful. I didn't have any that really just took off like <laughs> rockets. But right. I did a lot better than most people who go into business because I actually managed to stay in business. I mean the vast right, majority exactly. of people who go into business, they fail in the years, first year yeah. or two. I actually survived for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a pretty good uh, thing to, to be able to amazing. do. That's amazing, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean the only thing that's more amazing is that I didn't actually have a huge success anywhere. But, hey, at least I survived, you know. That's right. Well – after doing all that work, I asked myself, well, if hard work is the way to success, why am I not truly successful the way I wanted to be? And that, so it was actually easy for me to recognize that hard work doesn't actually produce success because right. I'd experienced it. 
But most media and things we hear growing up is work hard. You have to work hard oh, yeah. to whatever. You have to work hard to whatever. Oh, yeah. And and I think if I had been exposed to the secret early on, that would have been easier to overcome then. But if you aren't exposed to it, you're right. That's yeah. Well, that's, yeah. The, that's the path everybody takes, isn't it? That's, that's Except probably for the, the tape going around in most people's heads. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? I have to work hard to get make this happen. And and then it comes down to, well, I'm not so willing to work hard, so I don't deserve. And now you're onto your mm-hmm. deserve thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. So, yeah, we, we do a real number on ourselves. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> we really do. It's something. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we we do it on ourselves. We do it on our children. We do it on our colleagues. In fact, notice yes, how many and, times and media does not help. No, no, media makes it worse. Worse. No, no, notice how often our friends are trying to help us by criticizing us. Oh my goodness! You know what I yes. mean? You know, so yes. and, and they really believe. I've certainly done it. When we do that, we really do believe we're trying to help the other person. It, it isn't until you start studying something like this that you recognize not only are you not helping the other person, you're actually harming yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like someone told me a story the other day where um, they were make, as a young adult, they were making a big move from one country to another country, and their father said, "Oh well, I hope you have a, your return ticket already, because <laughs> yeah. you know just in case just in case it doesn't work out." And like the. The person that his father might as well have just taken a bat and hit him over the head because yeah, that's right. how it felt. Oh, sure. And it, yeah, it's like it's a similar, like, no, don't say those things. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it's amazing how often we do it. We we, we do basically with other people what we do to ourselves, I think. <laughs> we really do. You know? Yeah. It, and I'm sure, and I'm sure like, like you just said, I'm sure his father oh, yeah. thought he was being wise by telling him that. Oh, this stuff is generational. Yeah. It goes. It gets carried yeah. on generation to generation, and and indeed, even that is law of attraction. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, where was the you know where was the I believe in you, son? I know you're going to do great. That, that wasn't really there. The, where's yeah. your? You better have your return ticket. I mean, come on. That's so. Uh, yes. And you can see even the modern generation of parents. They're trying, even if they aren't into the law of attraction, they are trying to change the message a bit. But what they're changing, so. but what they're changing it to, still doesn't work right. So what you see a lot of, they they want to be encouraging to their kids, right? So mm-hmm. so what's the most common phrase that comes out of the mouth of a parent who's trying to be encouraging to their kids? Good job, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't that the most common <laughs> phrase today? Good job, Probably. good job, Joey, good job. Which which is put once again reinforcing the whole notion that if you work hard, you will succeed. Yes. So even yeah. though they're being nicer, they're still reinforcing the same old tapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my well. goodness. And, and it's not like that parents are, are mean-spirited about it. They, they actually think they're helping. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you got to give them some credit for wanting to help. They just don't realize that they're undermining themselves in the process. Mm-hmm. But, yep. Some some are. I just, like, always, like, I think it's so amazing when there are parents that, are into the law of attraction and know about it. They're, they totally come from a whole different place with their kids because of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm hopeful that more and more parents who are into the whole concept do teach their, their kids and do train their kids to be positive and think positive and feel good and so forth because that's going to produce amazing results. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, there has to be, right? Because I feel a lot, even though a law of attraction still isn't like, you know, known by everybody. I feel like it's getting more popular. Well, unfortunately, with each, with each year. as usually happens, we've run out of time. <laughs> oh, no, already. Wow. Already. It's, it's, see what I mean? It's always already. <laughs> but uh, we got like 15 seconds left. But I want to okay. thank you for, uh, for joining us. We're, next week, we're going to do the next chapter, which is Powerful Processes. That's the fourth chapter. And, David, it's been a pleasure. Yes, yes. And if anybody wants to find out more about me, they can just go to lifecoachdavid.com and they can find out more there. And you can also subscribe to the podcast at LOAToday.net or just listen here on PRN. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. (music) 